Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another weekly installment of the Duo Sense Podcast. I am your host, as usual, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the Lost Cause himself, the Never Down for the Count. Almost there. Always Almost down there. for the cause. The unnecessary one, Johnny. Hey, guys. I think I got all of them. Yeah, I think, oh, I think you lost one, but whatever. All right, it's fine. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm kind of sorry for time because I have, like, peanuts. Peanuts uh-huh. in my mouth. Have nuts in your mouth. Peanuts. And it's, it's like trail mix. I have, like, M&Ms in there, too, but some raisins in my mouth I'm trying to dislodge while talking at the same time. Anyways, this is Dual Sense Podcast. I don't know if you put that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a couple articles. We got about uh, four articles, is it? I think it's like three or four. Then we're going to get into uh, what we've played. And then the pitch at the end. Okay, I got to dislodge. Thank you, Johnny, for uh, covering for me. Let's go ahead and get started. Our first story is probably my favorite one that I've read in a long time. It is the GTA Remastered Trilogy appears to be real and coming to Switch. It says Rockstar is also bringing the games to PS5 and Xbox consoles naturally. This article is written by Zach Zwiezen, Zwiezen, Zwiezen over at Kotaku. Let's get into the meat of it. After months of rumors and speculation, Kotaku has learned from sources and other news outlets also that Rockstar Games may be remastering three classic Grand Theft Auto games. Currently, it appears these games will be released later this fall for a multitude of platforms, including the portable Nintendo Switch. For the past year, rumors have swirled on Twitter, Reddit, and various message boards that Rockstar is working on remakes or remasters of classic PS2-era Grand Theft Auto titles. These rumors only grew in popularity as Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two Interactive, used DMCA takedowns to remove classic GTA mods from the internet, while announcing that the publisher had three remastered games in development. While Kotaku can't confirm what all of these te- all of those teased remastered titles specifically are, we can confirm via corroborating details from three sources that GTA remasters are currently in the final stages of development. Kotaku has reached out to Rockstar about these remastered games and future GTA re-releases, but our sources have, so far, had reliable track records that have alerted us to updates in GTA Online and Red Dead Online weeks, if not months, in advance. According to these sources, Rockstar is actively developing remastered versions of GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas. All three of these games are being remastered using Unreal Engine and will be a mix of, quote, new and old graphics, end quote. One source who claims to have seen a snippet of the games in action said that the visuals reminded them of a heavily modded version of a classic GTA title. The UI for the games are being updated too, but will remain the same classic style. No details were shared about gameplay, but Kotaku has been told these remastered titles are trying to stay true to the PS2-era GTA games as much as possible. Sources confirmed that Rockstar Dundee, a Scottish outpost and one of the newest studios at the company, is leading the charge on developing the remastered games. Another source explained that the studio is heavily involved in not just the remasters, but is even helping Rockstar on developing the next-gen GTA 5 ports that are due out later this year. This lines up with information I had heard last year after the studio was purchased by Rockstar Games. Before becoming Rockstar Dundee, the studio was Ruffian Games and had previously worked on Crackdown 2, Crackdown 3, and assisted with development on the Master Chief Collection. 
Plans around these remastered GTA titles have shifted quite a bit over the last year as a result of the ongoing COVID pandemic, and they might continue to do so until things are officially announced. Originally, it seemed that these releases were going to be packaged together and given to players who purchased the upcoming next-gen ports of GTA 5 and GTA Online as a sort of bonus or thank-you gift from Rockstar. Then plans changed, thankfully, and the remastered trilogy was scheduled to be released earlier this year. However, plans have changed again, and now the remastered titles are planned to launch around late October or early November for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, Switch, PC, and Stadia. <laughs> That's still a thing. It appears the PC and mobile ports might slip to next year as Rockstar focuses on developing the console ports first. Alright, there's like more to this article, but I'm not going to read the entire thing. And then they start talking about like Red so Dead. So releasing this year? Yeah, by the end of the year. That's wild. Johnny, as the two of us kind of grew up uh, around GTA in terms of like from, what was it, let's see, 2001 to 2005 or 4, I think, right? That's like all three of the games came out. How do you feel about this? How do you, how do you feel about this news? Well, you're more excited about this. I am very excited. I think uh, Vice City is the one I'd, I'd be down to play again, but not the whole series. Really? You wouldn't even want to play all the games again? No, it's too much. I want new stuff, dude. I want new games from Rockstar. I mentioned I that. I, yeah, like I mentioned, I mentioned it to you earlier that I saw like a tweet where like someone was like, wow, like Rockstar will do anything but make GTA 6. Like, <laughs> they'll mm-hmm. work on anything except the game that people actually want. I'm excited about this because I love, I love the original trilogy, the PS2, like GTA for me. I think we mentioned this in our very first episode when we talked about like games that like we grew up with. Like GTA to me is like a seminal part of my like early teens. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, cause of GTA three, like I, I learned what like, like what hookers were. And I learned about like, I remember GTA three was like the first, I told you like the first rated M game I ever owned. Mm-hmm. And, like, that game left a huge impression in terms of, like, the music I liked. I was about to say that. It's it a major impression for the music. And the thing about that is I don't, I doubt they're going to be able to release the same music again. Because I'm pretty sure the licenses for those have expired. Uh, so that's the thing that I'm bummed about. Because I bet you they're going to have to replace, like, all the soundtracks for all three games with, like, new music. Like, they might have some, like, classics. But I doubt they'll be able to, like, get the whole catalog again. I don't like the way that they're expressing their se- themselves with the art style. It seems like an excuse to say, like, we're not going to do that great of a job to to make it suitable for the new consoles. Are you talking about how it's a mixture of new and old graphics? Yeah, that's weird. Well, the, yeah, like, the the person who, I forgot who it was, the insider that said, like, it's like a, it looks like a heavily modded version of the PS2 games. Makes me think, like, they're going to change, like, the resolution, probably update the textures, I imagine. Updated mm-hmm. textures. The fact that I mentioned it's going to be remastered in Unreal Engine makes me think, like, is this going to be, like, a... Are they changing like the physics, like the like the how you say like the yeah I guess the physics of the game yeah. are things is going to be like where you can actually shoot through like holes or transparent things and not be like treated like you know when you have, like the collision effects. But it's out on PS4, right? It's coming to all the major consoles of last yeah, generation. Yeah, so physics aren't going to change all that much. Like when you talk about physics, maybe on on the new consoles, but the old consoles we're still not doing a ton of destructible environments, right? Right. Not a lot of physics uh, simulations, not a lot of particle stuff. So I don't see them changing that much from that point of view. Right, this is Unreal Engine. This isn't like Frostbite or whatever, where Frostbite has more of that yeah, destructible environments and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, Unreal Engine, for those, like, if you're wondering, that's kind of, think of, like, RE5, Resident Evil 5. Um, I think, let's see. I know Unreal Engine's, like, super popular because it's used for a lot of, like, third-party studios and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I guess, supposedly very easy to learn or very easy to, like, manipulate. Yeah. But, also, um, something I think really bothers me that they might end up doing is doing a lot of censorship. Like, are they going to start having all the hookers in prairie dresses and... It's going to still up. be rated M. I don't think that's going to change. You don't think there's going to be any censoring? I'm sure, like... Because there's going to be, like, oh, the way they treat women and... No, because I think those are things that are like it's gonna be like the it's gonna be like the rush hour. Like right now, if you watch rush hour on TV, like you'll get huh. like the you'll get like a little like warning. And it's like the, the views and expressions reflected in this film okay. are a product of its time or whatever. Yeah, I'm down with like because that. that pops up for rush hour if you watch rush hour on TV. Okay, so I imagine it'll be kind of like that, or like the views or whatever. Like it's like a time capsule, right? Of like 20 years ago. Yeah, that's cool. That's not bad. So I imagine that's what it'll be. I just know like they're gonna heavily edit like the soundtracks because there's no way they're gonna get like all the licenses again. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping though. I'm hoping I doubt it. But I'm hoping like they'll add new stuff, like some kind of new content, whether it's like side missions or. I wonder if they're gonna redo like all the audio. Is it gonna be the same audio, or are they gonna do like new voiceovers? Because like there's a lot of like there's a lot of like famous like classic celebrities in the in the PS2 GTA games. Like, Ray Liotta voiced uh, Tommy Versetti. But modify the audio how? Like, new lines or... Yeah, like, are they going to keep the... refine the quality? No, are they going to keep the same audio track or are they going to redo the voices, like, all over again? Are they going to get new voice actors or is it going to be, like, the same kind of, like, stilted kind of, like... Why do you think they want to do this? Well... Yeah, like, of course, it's a crash, cash grab. Everybody loves the game. Yeah, so. remasters are... I mean, they're not... I'm not saying they're easy to do, but they're easier. They're easy sell, yeah. Yeah. And it seems like kind of like a safe thing where, like, no, like people are, like... They want to capitalize off, like, the nostalgia, right? But do you think this has a tie-in with the latest Grand Theft Auto? I feel like this is to buy time because maybe, like, GTA 6 is going to be further pushed back. Okay, all right. Kind of like, um... For example, Resident Evil 3... Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 3 was the way it was developed like it's a very short game mm-hmm. was the reason Resident Evil 3 was developed was because Nintendo uh, what was it I think it was Sony I forgot who it was was there Sony or Capcom had a contract where like they had to get like three Resident Evil games on PS1 mm-hmm. and so they wanted to do Resident Evil Code Veronica Code Veronica was meant to be Resident Evil 3 originally I don't know if you knew that I've heard of that but because they were going to do it on Dreamcast or whatever, they had like a contractual obligation to do one for PS1. So they did Resident Evil 3. They kind of rushed it. It's a very short game, too. You can kind of tell. So I think this might be kind of a similar situation where like this is meant to be like a fill-in, kind of to like tide people over. But the article also mentions like this was meant to be like a thank you kind of thing for people who bought you know, the PS5, Xbox One, Series X like iteration of GTA V, which is a game that originally came out on PS3, if you remember, Johnny. Okay. And it's now like spans three generations the same game. I saw this. I saw this funny like I don't know if it's funny, but I saw like this good meme where it was like we got three GTA games on one console, and now we have one game on three consoles. <laughs> where like they're like really lagging it, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like like the article mentions how it's meant to kind of like be like a thank you here kind of thing, but the fact that they've expanded it now to be like its own separate like purchase. Yeah. makes me think this is meant to kind of like tie people over while they wait a little bit longer for GTA 6. Do you think there was anything to that rumor where they said that the next GTA is going to be based in Vice City? 
That could be it. Maybe they're trying to re-familiar- recontextualize like Vice City in the minds of gamers. That, that's why I'm asking is, do you think there's going to be some type of tie-in? Because I think the next Grand Theft Auto is going to be sort of like Fortnite, where they're just... Because con- you know how they have a ton of DLC. So instead of Fortnite, where they destroy the fucking map, they're oh. just going to add to the map. Yeah. It's going to be like a live service kind of game. I I believe that's true. I've heard I've heard those rumors too. Yeah, so, they're, so maybe they're adding a bunch of extensions to the city, you know? So that's why I'm like, is are they just building assets to to merge with the latest game? It could be like if they're doing that, it could just be that they're reintroducing the trilogy to be like, hey, like for those of you who don't know about Vice City, like like it's not new. It's like we've done this before. Like here, like here's an example, or like here's like a taste of like of what we're going for, like tonally, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I like that idea that. That they're giving you these other games from Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. that have all these kind of different flavors, you know? Yeah. So when you get introduced to the new one, you're like, oh. Uh, That's where this is based off, or like the legacy kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not it's not coming across as this game is just this, you know? Like, you can expect all these other things because you've played the originals. Right. Like the, like the kind of tongue-in-cheek humor of the radio stations, uh-huh. like yeah. the kind of missions and humor, like that dark kind. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it could just be like a reminder of like, if we seem dark or like kind of insensitive with the new game, like understand that the trilogy or like the games that came before it were already like that. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be kind of like a reminder to like the public consciousness. Like if some of the things we talk about seem raunchy or out of date, like, hey, like we this is a series that we've always kind of done that to begin with. Because that's what I want. I hope that Grand Theft Auto, the new one, took a lesson from Cyberpunk. Because Cyberpunk just went pretty much all out, right? Right. Did you just... I don't know if you remember. There was like a really good... Uh, there was an interview with either Dan was Dan Hauser or one of the other like original guys who like founded Rockstar, mm-hmm. and like they had an interview with him where they talked about like how they would approach GTA today in the modern time. Yeah, yeah, I know and they, this, yeah. and they said how like it's really hard to make a GTA for like the modern time. Yeah, I remember them saying that and because a like... lot of like the jokes in Vice City and San Andreas seem kind of like absurd for the time. He said you can't do that now because the humor now would be like. It's like you can't tell it's being a joke because it could come off as like, oh, no, like that's actually how Amer- the world is now. Yeah, I heard of that. And then I just thought like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, don't give me that bullshit. Just no, no, no. Just no. make the game you want to make. No, know? yeah. But they were talking about like, okay, you know how there's like a lot of like satire and like riffs and parodies. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you try to do that now, like it's not edgy anymore because the world is like, oh, there's like so much absurd stuff out there in the world right now that it's not, it doesn't seem like it's going to have that same tone anymore. It's going to be like. Like, okay, yeah, but, like, that's not that funny anymore because it's we... It's not... I don't think it's not that it's not edgy. I think that everything is just too many padded corners, you know? How? People are just sensitive about shit, Oh, right? and like, comedy's just I know supposed what to be, like, say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, I mean, padded corners, like, where you won't cut yourself on the... Yeah. Oh, okay, I never heard that phrase, but now that I'm, like, visualizing, it makes not sense. Padded, yeah, padded corners or rounded corners, whatever. Okay. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, looking at... Uh, cyberpunk i'm i'm hoping they're just like wow like people still consume this shit right like open world like crime thriller kind of stuff yeah because like in uh cyberpunk you could like design your own dick and shit right well you get two options really Really? (laughs) you only get two dick options yeah okay but it's still there there's still some raunchy shit there's still right all that stuff right so i hope they're looking at that and looking at the drama from cyberpunk there really isn't tra- much drama about that. Right, okay. There's now, articles, but the drama's mostly about glitches. and. Okay, I remember now what the uh, 
the interview mentioning. Like, it wasn't about the humor. It was about, like, okay, because you know how GTA 5... All the GTA games are, like, they parody, they parody like, stuff that's real in American culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, GTA 5 did the thing where they... Uh, uh, Facebook, they called it Life Invader. That's what it was, oh, okay. right? They said, like, they can't do that kind of stuff now because, like, there's so much absurd stuff anymore that it won't seem funny by comparison. If they try to, like, ri- do, like, a riff or parody off of real life, then it's not as funny because the world is way more insane now than it was back then. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what that's what he mentioned. That's what he said. So the old Grand Theft Autos, we know it for having heavy parody. Yeah. So if you're not doing that today, what what are you doing? No, I know, I know. They're saying like they would do that, but they said like it won't have the same impact. It won't be as funny or as as much of a commentary on real life because reality is now crazier than it was back then. That's what you're saying. I don't right. know. I'll look up the interview. and I'm gonna show you later because I, I I'm not sure if I'm doing it justice, but I kind of get you. But it's just like why even bother bringing up that comment? Why is he making that comment? Because no. it was a part of the interview. They asked him something uh, about like so how like how would you make how would you make a modern day GTA? And it's like. Like oh like the the approaches to humor would have to be like different because like we can't just do a straight up parody of like a real world situations because like the real world is already crazy enough. You know what I mean, like they can't do like the social commentary stuff because it's already so whacked out. You get it? Kind of, yeah. All right, we'll leave, we'll leave this alone for now. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any last thoughts about this, Johnny, or do you want to move on to the next one? No, I keep going, but we got other fucking topics to cover all right so i'm very excited i'm curious what it means mixture of old and new like are we gonna have like i imagine it's newer textures but still like the same like model or like the same kind of uh that doesn't sound good because what's a mixture of old and new like how can you make that without it it clashing that's why when he made that comment it just doesn't sit well with me i'm assuming they mean like it's gonna be a like the same layout, maybe the map layout's gonna be the same. That's fine. Same but the texture, but the textures buildings. and stuff is like updated. Yeah, as long as the texture, as long as it's 4K, the textures are 4K, uh, running at 60. That's cool. We'll see what we'll see how that turns out. I'm excited. We'll see. All right, Johnny. Moving on, uh, we have an article from Push Square, PushSquare.com, uh, written by Sammy Barker, a name I can actually pronounce says, we're nearing a year since the last major PlayStation press conference, and there is no first-party exclusives announced for PS5. Let's dive in. In little over four weeks, it'll be a year since the last major PlayStation press conference. That's not including like the State of Play stuff. While we have been treated to a handful of State of Play live streams into 2021, Sony has been infamously secretive about its upcoming software st- slate. In fact, at the time of typing... There's not a single first-party exclusive for the PlayStation 5 announced. The likes of Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7 are all coming to the PS4 as well. Okay, so it means exclusive to the PS5 specifically is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Japanese giant has changed its marketing approach, as has become increasingly obvious over the past 12 months. Some of this will be down to the pandemic, no doubt. But it's also quite clearly a shift in internal strategy. Software is announced later, marketing cycles are significantly smaller, and the company's keeping in-development projects quiet until they're truly ready for the prime time. All of this means, presumably, there's lots to look forward to, it just doesn't want us to know about it yet. Of course, E3 2021 has come and gone with barely a whimper from Sony, 
And now on the eve of Gamescom, we're yet to get a peep out of the platform holder either. So for those of you guys who don't know, Gamescom is like the E3 of Europe, where they have like a, I think it's in Germany actually, but it's like a major games like trade show. Um, in fact, we're approaching the anniversary of its previous press conference, 17th, September 17th, 2020, where we saw the organization announce God of War, Ragnarok, Final Fantasy 16, and much more. It was a sprawling showcase stacked to the brim with big software and hardware reveals. Rumors continue to swirl that a similar live stream is imminent, although supposed industry insiders have been singing from the same hymn sheet all year long. We know that, in all likelihood, the company is going to delay Horizon Forbidden West into next year, although it's yet to come out and clarify that. Actually, that is actually for sure a real thing. What's the situation with The Last of Us 2 previously announced multiplayer mode? And just what will the next PS5 exclusive actually be? All remains a mystery for now, and with almost a year passing since the last proper update from PlayStation, fans are understandably getting antsy about what the future holds. Johnny, do you think Sony is holding their cards close to the chest, or do you think maybe they just have nothing really to show? I can't. I really can't tell. This this is why I miss E3, but there's not enough E3s. I wish Sony had this, like... I wish they had their state of plays, and then they had a PSX. Maybe one PSX per year. They always do. Yeah, PSX has usually been like in the winter or in the fall. Yeah, so I wish they had a PSX where they just sold like crazy major shit. Well, you can't do a proper PSX because like the whole COVID stuff is going on still. No, that's what I'm saying. But it'll be taken on digital. But the PSX would be like the crazy heavy shit, and the state of plays would be like updates on a game. So if you already have a reveal for Horizon, the state of play would just be like, all right, now we're showing you more gameplay. Or more teases, whatever. But I wish they had a like maybe three, four state of plays per year, right? Like or three one, state of plays each quarter, and then the PSX. Okay. Something like that. But I feel like they really need need to be on some type of schedule. At least because I follow games closely, it gets really annoying. Like every month, like every month, like or is Sony gonna have an event this this month or next month? Or and whatever. it keeps not happening, right? Yeah, the speculation is is frustrating, and I think that's what what is getting a lot of us gamers right now is just maybe it's not the right time and we're just like hearing these rumors like month after month and that gets draining you know right it would be it would be so much helpful if even just like the official playstation like twitter or like their whatever they use for press the playstation blog and they would just say like we don't have plans for one until this exactly date. like at the at the top of the month just tell us like it's not this month guys at least then they could temper expectations a bit yeah yeah but what do you think about their like that's true like uh, just a tweet at the top of the month will be so helpful but what do you think about how like there is no nothing coming out this year at least so far that we know of in terms of like exclusivity like god of war horizon like when those first got announced last year we talked about this before already but i'm gonna reiterate it again when those first got announced last year and people saw like 2021 like everybody instantly said like that's not gonna happen right mm-hmm now we're in the situation where it's obviously not going to happen. It's not happening, right? They both they've said like both games are like first quarter next year. Well, I don't know about God of War, but I think Horizon's further along in development. That's definitely like first quarter next year. God of War probably later in the year. But now we've kind of been like, I, I don't know about you, but as someone as myself or as a PS5 owner, I do feel a little bit hoodwinked. We're like, huh? Like I got the PS5. Okay, for, in my point, in my defense. 
I got the PS5 to play Resident Evil Village. I wanted to play it on the best possible hardware, and that game delivered. It looks gorgeous. But now I'm kind of just looking, and I'm like, nothing that I'm playing is... None of the games I'm playing right now can't run on PS4. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Like, the games I've been talking to you about, like, every week that I've been playing, like, all of those are pretty much playable on PS4. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I just have, like, not a brick... But it's not just a paperweight either because I'm putting the PS5 to use. But it's like none of the stuff I'm playing is like truly next-gen. It's kind of just placeholder stuff, you know? Well, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say hoodwinked by either side, by Xbox or Nintendo or whatever, because the consoles got announced that they were developing a console before the fucking pandemic. Right. right. So xbox had it in what november they had their display for the xbox mm-hmm. so like if they knew that the pandemic was going to come they might have pushed these consoles further in development and a lot of people were talking about year. that a lot of people were saying like right now is not the time for a next gen to start like because mm-hmm. it's not no one's working or well at the time no one's working or had money other than like stimulus checks but people were saying like should we just delay the generation another year you know and then people were like well, we can't because, like, contracts and stuff have already been, like, written. And, like, you, ha- you have studios who do have games, like, with uh, Returnal or, like, on the Xbox or, like, Bug Snacks or on the Xbox side, like, the Medium. Those games already have, like, deals and stuff, like, ink, like, way in advance of COVID, mm-hmm. right? So they were kind of forced to. And then also, like, with the chip shortage, which is, in like, independent from COVID. The chip shortage is just off of, like, the demand with the competition for cell phones and stuff, like has nothing to do with COVID. That's like a separate entire issue. It's only like yeah. tangentially related to COVID. Not really. But it's like that, was, that chip shortage was going to happen regardless of COVID, basically. So now we're like in this situation where it's like, okay, you guys bought in, but uh, we don't have too much to show you. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? It's like, here, have an upscaled version of the PS4 game, which is like Resident Evil Village, I mean, it runs great. Don't get me wrong. It runs great on PS5. But if you were to play it on PS4, like, the experience isn't that much different, right? Yeah. Um, Scarlet Nexus, a game that I raved about, is also on PS4. A little example. Um, Spider-Man Miles Morales is also on PS4. A tiny example about Miles. Uh, you know how on the PS4 we got the whole showcase about Miles Morales? And it was fucking amazing how Miles is, like, in a warehouse and he just Zits. flies out through a vent. vent. Yeah. I could do that on my PS4. Really? Yeah. I was, There's I was no tripping. loading or anything? No, I was I was in the factory. I fucked everybody up. I put them in the spider web. And I'm like, all right, it's time to get out. Load screen. But there was no load screen. I just went straight out the vent. So it oh. wasn't necessarily like a PS5 thing. Wow. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I, there's not one specific thing where I could say like, it's because of this. It's like the COVID thing and it's the chip shortage. But at the same time, they've... They made a fuckload of money, both Xbox and PlayStation. Right. And what, what is on the shareholders call? They talked about how much money they made, and they had so much liquid, like, fucking money, that they said, we're going to fucking reinvest heavily on the PlayStation brand, right? Right. So. Right, because PS5 is already outdoing, like, what the PS4 did. Same yeah, it's, yeah, the PS5 is performing well, and they made a fuckload of money during 2020. It could be, a, it might be a flood for, for every console to put a fuckload of uh, games out during, like, 2023, 24. That's what a lot of people are saying online, is, like, 2022 is going to be a loaded year for games. Because, like, everything's getting pushed back to that year. Yeah, plus the reinvestments. Right. Because of the money they've made. 
And even the, the stuff we don't even know about that's going to be announced. Yeah. So I wouldn't call any of these companies like that they hoodwinked or anything. It was just... As a PS5 owner, let me just tell everybody out there, you don't need a PS5 right now. You really don't. There's nothing really, unless you're like somebody who's really, really into graphics and like, you know, 4K output and all that stuff. There's really no reason to get any of the game. I mean, a lot of the games that even came out are still like at full price. Like Returnal is still full price. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Village, I think, might be cheaper now, actually. But Capcom tends to discount its games pretty quickly, so that's that's a separate thing. But like, I think Miles Morales, I think, yeah, Miles Morales for sure is cheaper now. Okay, so I take that back. There is some games you can get cheaper now they first came out with the system, but there's very but little I mean, incentive right now to jump on to next gen. But I mean, I still don't have a PS5. You don't really need one right now, Joey. No, I, I know, but since I'm stuck playing with the PS4, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of sitting there knowing that there's a superior console out there, the PS5, and I'm playing these games and I'm sitting there through a low screen like, this experience could be so much better. Mm-hmm. So if you intend to buy a, a PS5 in like the next six months and you're kind of waiting, I would just buy the PS5, right? Just ahead of time? Yeah, if you already intend to buy it like within mm. the next six months, I'd probably buy it. I guess so. I mean, just don't buy it with the intention that you're thinking like, oh, I want to have like so much new stuff to play like right now. No, no. Yeah. It, would, it would just comes down to, it comes down to like 60 frames, Convenience. 4K, um, variable refresh rate that might get updated soon the perks and stuff um the load times um so yeah if you intend to buy it i would get it okay that's we can we can agree to disagree i mean none, none of the, i agree that you don't need it yeah none of, none of what you said isn't true but i guess the motives i guess the rely the motives fall on you that as a consumer to decide what is or isn't important mm-hmm. if you want to play like the newest games or whatever then you there's no reason if you're into like all like the techie stuff, the techie side of the like the perks, then I guess you would know if you need it or not. But I just feel it kind of sucks. I mean, it's not unexpected because this happens every generation transition. I remember when I first got no, I was a little late to the PS. I didn't get the PS4 to like two or three years into its life cycle. But I really didn't feel like I was missing out on anything when I got the PS4. Because there were still, like, PS3 games that were coming no, there out. No, there were still good launch titles, but there wasn't, like, a fuckload during the first two years. Yeah. It didn't get in, because it launched, what, like, uh, 2013 or something? Yeah, 2013. It yeah. didn't get interesting until 2015 when we started seeing, like, the big companies, the big publishers drop games. Like, uh, Fallout like, 4 was, like, the first game I bought for PS5 that I couldn't get, like, on PS3. And I bought what, it, like, a few months before it. But what year was that? That was 2015. Alright, so it's 2015. For me, it was uh, Uncharted. Oh, you're right. I did miss out on Uncharted uh, 4. Yeah. Because it wasn't... It was already... It came out when I didn't have it yet. And I just avoided... I just avoided spoilers on that one, but... That wasn't, like, not that big of a deal. So... Anyways, let's move on to the next one, Johnny. Next article comes to us from Kotaku. Again. This is written by Ethan Gott. Gak Gok. I think it's Gok. Ethan Gok. Anticipated PS5 app for horror game abandoned accidentally trolls everyone. Blue Box Game Studio Not Silent Hill Project continues to be a bust. So Johnny, you're going to know more about this stuff than I am. After tons of wild fan speculation and lots of technical delays, Blue Box Game Studio's PS5 app for hyping its upcoming horror game abandoned is officially here. 
It's as anticlimactic as you might have expected given everything leading up to its release. The abandoned PS5 app clocks in at a whopping 5.1 gigabytes despite it only containing the briefest of teases. Some guy's boot-cut jeans gliding across a creaky old wooden floor. It scarcely lasts a couple of seconds. Bluebox says a longer trailer and hands-off demos will continue will come to the app in the future. But for now, it's basically just the tease the studio already showed earlier this week just running on your PS5 instead of Twitter. Excuse me. Uh, Abandon was announced on the PlayStation blog back in April, and thanks to a number of weird coincidences... Johnny will go into it. Some people started to believe it was a Kojima Silent Hill game in disguise. Even as those conspiracy theories fell apart, however, enough believers remained that we're still discussing it months later as it continues to find new ways to disappoint people. <laughs> I love the tone of this article. The app, which Blue Box insisted on developing rather than simply uploading a trailer on YouTube, was an attempt to show off the game in real time on the PS5. It was originally supposed to go live on August 10th, but it didn't. Quick update, we are still working on it, the studio wrote on Twitter at the last minute in a now-deleted tweet. We sincerely apologize for the inconvenience. The delay is taking longer than expected, it wrote the next day. We dealt with multiple engine issues that occurred last minute after we spotted a graphical glitch, it wrote the day after. Now it's finally here, and it's nothing, at least for right now. So hopefully we can all move on with our lives, and if Abandoned ever finally comes out and is good, we can all enjoy it. And if it's not good, we can add it to the pile of evidence of our collective embarrassment for future generations to look back on. <laughs> I like the tone of this article. Johnny, you 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 know more about this stuff than I do. You're more invested in this uh, blue box conspiracy. Um, so far, do you really think this is? Is there is there does this bucket hold water? Is this really like a side? Is this more likely to be Silent Hill or more likely to be? Res- uh, I'm sorry, Metal Gear Solid. I don't know what to make of it anymore. It's all this stuff is not a, just a coincidence. It's a very intentional of, of him directing us towards Silent Hill or Metal so Gear. So are you like disillusioned or not? I'm definitely disillusioned. I don't know if it is or it isn't Metal Gear or Silent Hill, but the direction that he took us in was very intentional. I have the feeling, and I don't know for sure, I feel like this is going to be like the fire festival of video games. Where it's like all this pomp and circumstance, and in the end, it's really going to be nothing. Well, it's just that if it wasn't for that glitch, I think a lot of us would still kind of be on board. Like, oh, they're just fucking teasing us, whatever, right? And we'll, we can wait a little bit more. But because the the image of the boots and the floor and all that was posted on Twitter as a like a low resolution image mm-hmm. and then later on we got the app and it was the same fucking thing just a higher resolution was fucking annoying right because a lot of people were streaming it they had a couple thousand people just waiting to see what this thing was and it was the same thing that we've already seen right so that was frustrating but there's just too many fucking coincidences for it to just uh not saying that it is or it isn't uh Sonic Hill or or Metal Gear, but like for instance, like the Hassan Karami taking that name and then translating it into Google, and then you end up getting I'm waiting Hideo. That makes no fucking sense. So is that how really, is that just a coincidence? Okay, so that's not the guy's real name then. No, he says, "Hey, this is me." This, uh, I forgot his name, Karami, whatever. It says, "Yeah, um, it's me," and you see him on video. But how does it just make sense 
that you translate this shit and then it spits out I'm waiting Hideo. Like I I don't know how else to like convey it to you that this just isn't normal. Talk talk about more about the, the Or the app. Why the fuck do they have an app? That is weird. Why not just release YouTube videos, right? Or tweets or whatever. Yeah, like every other uh, studio. Like, and what then you have to a... imagine this went through like certification, right? Through like PlayStation to like they I feel like this was like a hoax or something. I feel like PlayStation would be more on the ball with it, right? Yeah, or um who's um what is his name? Uh head of Indies? Herman Holst? No. Indies specifically? Yeah, uh, Shu. Oh, Shuhei. Yeah. Shuhei. Uh, this whole fiasco with a, uh, with blue boxes going on during the stream, and they're saying, "Oh, we're having graphical uh, issues," and then Shuhei is on Twitter saying, "Like, hmm, problems." Like, like he's talking about it, but he's not saying like. Not like dissenting or like. He's not like nobody is giving him pushback for this. Like, Konami isn't giving any pushback. Right. Because they're, like, getting super close to the fucking IP, right? Mm-hmm. So, how is nobody just... We'll just fucking push back for, like, hey, this isn't... this Like, this legit... Why isn't Konami saying this is not Silent Hill? This is not Metal Gear, right? Like, the only doing the, the only people doing the talking is Blue Box. Mm-hmm. Or, like, talk about, like, how the... The blurred image that looks like Big Boss, kind of, with like the eye patch and everything. Oh, that... I um. I heard Reagan Chris say that maybe that was just a stock image from Unreal, so that might be nothing. Mm. Uh, but Colin Moriarty, as I mentioned before, still thinks this might be uh, connected to Hideo. So, I mean, it's not the weirdest thing with Hideo. Like we're Johnny and I were jokingly talking about how we should do a segment where we just we just talk about Kojima tweets because he has like the most bizarre out there like kind of like tweets about like random ass stuff yeah and i said that it's not really possible because every tweet you would have to decipher like you you would look at the tweet and also be like there's there's something more in here right there's some jumbled verbiage in here and he's like really trying to tell us some shit so and it would just be like crazy absurd speculation coming from us hmm the plot thickens. okay so what's your what's your take it Definitely is. Definitely isn't. I. I think it is a game. I think about. Oh, it's for sure a game. It's. I think abandoned is a real game. Yeah. I'm still not like sold, on it being. If anything, I think it's gonna be Silent Hill. I don't think it's gonna be Metal Gear. And the reason I say that is just because like the teaser trailer of the guy like walking or whatever that looks like a Silent Hill character, kind of like the model. Yeah. Like the walking with the jeans and the floorboards. That nothing about that screams like tech, like Metal Gear does. Okay, another point I had. Uh, this is too sloppy to be Hideo. Right. Right. Because Hideo, when he came out with a uh, Metal Gear Five. Oh, with the he, whale and everything. Yeah, he had, like he showed us the game. Right. Like you could see Big Boss crawling around the hospital, and then he hired an actor to get himself wrapped in bandages. And what's his name? His friend from um, from the awards, Jeff Keeley. Jeff Keeley was backing him in this this whole little lie, and then he dealt him out, and he's like, "This is fucking Metal Gear, right?" And right. all that shit was like very high end stuff. With like that the, we were at. remember like he made like a fake studio for it too, like yeah, it was like, like something whale, whatever. All that was very or low Moby, polished. Moby Moby Dick, Dick Studios. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, also, what he dealt. 
he came out with a Death Stranding director's cut, mm-hmm. and it had, he had all those little hints about Metal Gear. So even if it isn't Metal Gear, that's Hideo, like at his best, just fucking trolling this. You know, right. like that's that's a great fucking troll, even if it's nothing. But this whole thing with Blue Box just seems very cheap. Yeah, this does feel like it definitely feels like an indie studio that's kind of over in its head. Yeah, where like they try to do like, hey, like it's, it's like capitalize off of this, and it's like, oh, like we're too in deep, we're too in deep now, we're mm-hmm. in too deep. There you go. Yeah, and they're kind of just like they're not sure what to do with it. What they're not sure what to do with what the situation has turned into. <coughs> I'm sorry, choking on it. <coughs> raisin. <coughs> no, on a raisin, Johnny. Okay, that's why I said raisin because I knew you were gonna make a joke about it. If I said nuts. <clears throat> Anyways, I think they're. I think this is definitely closer to a Silent Hill game than anything. Um, Metal Gear, I don't think it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's Metal Gear. Despite the big boss looking blurred image. If anything, if it's not an original IP, it's going to be Silent Hill. That's my final take on it. But I'm thinking more than likely it is going to be just an original IP. <coughs> <coughs> Okay. I'm not sick, guys. I don't. It's not COVID. I just Delta. The trail mix is stuck in my throat. <laughs> All right, but we'll see what this mess of an app. So yeah, I, I saw I saw pictures of the app. There's like the mini trailer, but it's like also, also like other blank boxes mm-hmm. for like I think some of them are meant to be trailers, and then like the bottom three I think are like demos or gameplay or something. Yeah, and I, you were also uh, texting me, and I told you if this was a legit reveal for Silent Hill, it would be on a state of play, right? Because that's where all the fucking eyes are at. Not necessarily. I don't think so. It doesn't have so? to be. You would think it would just be like a random day? Yeah, because even if it was like Konami or Kojima, like they usually don't play with that. I mean, that's not usually... No, I don't think it has to be a state of play. Because games can get announced outside of the state of play. But this game's too massive to just be a random day. Is it massive? Because it's, it's like... from an indie studio. Well, I mean, if it was Silent Hill, this is like E3 event type of shit. Hmm. I don't know. First, let's find out when the next state of play is, and then we'll see if it lines up. There's also the coincidences that you see about um <coughs> about it being the anniversary of when PT came out. Yeah, I've seen that. There's a lot of shit. A, a lot, lot of like things that kind of line up where it's like, huh? Or like, or like when the the tweets come out of the uh, blue box, like it's uh, like four in the morning. It's like cryptid. But in Kojima's time, it makes fucking great <laughs> time go- to send out a tweet. <laughs> We're changing Japan time to Kojima time. That's what it's gonna be now. Yeah. It's like what time is it in Ko- what time is it in Kojima time? We're like oh, it's uh, eight a.m. over there. <laughs> that's oh, that's funny. All right, let's con- move on. This conspiracy is gonna is getting like deeper and more confusing. I feel like talking about it. We're not really gonna get anywhere, so we're just gonna have to wait and see. I just wanted to talk about it because I just wanted you know people to know there's some fluster me. There's something out there going on, and we're gonna one day, maybe not. We're gonna figure out what exactly, what exactly happened. I can't wait for Hassan to eventually in the future be like, no matter what the game comes out to be, I want there to be like a, a documentary or like an interview in the future where it's like, so what the hell were you guys thinking back then? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that eventual interview. I know it's gonna happen one day, but anyways, let's move on to our last story, Johnny. Control passes 10 million players as Remedy's new big budget game enters full production. This comes to us from IGN, written by Wesley LeBlanc, another name I can pronounce. Mm -hmm. The studio is currently developing at least six games. 
With Control having passed 10 million players, Remedy Entertainment has entered full production on its upcoming game project with Epic Games. This was revealed in a new investor letter released today. Alongside the news that Control's revenues were slightly higher in second quarter 2021 than in quarter 2 2020, a year earlier. Which is interesting, Johnny, because most games make like their, the, the bulk of their lifetime revenue like in the first two to three weeks that were released. Okay. So the fact that the game made more money a year later than when it first came out, that's interesting. That's uh, That would be an interesting talking point for like... If you're trying to get a game on Game Pass or like on PlayStation Plus or whatever, like, hey, we can get you more revenue in the future than like what you've made so far. So just just something I was just thinking about right now. Remedy cites the studio's commitment to actively marketing Control, Control Ultimate Edition's launch on Google Stadia and Control's inclusion in the Epic Game Store Mega Sale 2021 as reasons for the game's continued success. Okay, so there you go. They've been actively promoting the game for over a year, even after it came out. So there might be something to, like, the whole, like, uh, promotion cycle not just ending when the game comes out. Overall, new platforms, services, and special offerings give us valuable lessons for the future, bring additional revenue, and help us to reach new audiences and increase Control brand awareness, the letter reads. Control has already reached a formidable audience, having been played by over 10 million players. The growing audience and brand awareness are valuable as we continue to support Control. The letter, letter also reveals that it, it's big budget game project being developed in partnership with, I lost my word, uh, partnership with Epic Games has moved into full production and at the studio's four player co- cooperative PVE game set in the world of control known as Condor That's right. has been solidified thanks to a new co-publishing and development agreement with 505 Games. In case that's not enough, Remedy mentioned in the letter that it has also agreed on collaboration terms for a future big, bigger budget control game with File 5 Games as well. Elsewhere, Remedy is continuing to develop the story mode for Crossfire HD and Crossfire X 2, while also continuing its full production focus on a second smaller scale game with Epic Games. Don't forget about Vanguard either, which is the studio's free-to-play co-op game project. Remedy says it's progressing at a good pace with selected internal and external closed gameplay tests. Just last month, we learned that Remedy was working on a yet another game, in the words of DJ Khaled, another one, bringing the total to six. The letter says to meet the production of these six games, the studio's headcount has grown to 293 employees. We're going to leave it right there. There's a little bit more. It's kind of like a thank you letter kind of thing to like people who've you know, kept up with control and stuff. Johnny, it seems like Remedy's all in on this. I mean, there's like rumors of like the Alan, uh, Alan Wake game. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we're t- they talk about more about the multiplayer, like kind of spinoff. There's something called Crossfire I'm not familiar with. Maybe you are, HD and I Crossfire. I think that's exclusive to Xbox. They're not like developing the, the entire game, but they're doing the story for it. Okay, uh, that's what it is. Uh, there's a lot going on with Remedy. A six game seems like a lot to juggle for a studio that's only has 293 employees. What do you think about this, Johnny? First of all, Control passing 10 million players—that's actually kind of that's kind of a big deal because a that's lot of games. That's a lot of gamers are. Yeah, because most games, like I, I think, don't really pass like lifetime sales for like more than like six or seven million. For it to reach 10 million like in a year is 
pretty impressive. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look up games by comparison of like uh, Days Gone. I think that it has like only eight. I was like Last of Two, uh, Last of Us Two sales. I wanted to see if as our even figure reached that. Cause uh, well, dude, all these moves um, Remedy is making is are are very fucking impressive. There's a lot of variety there too, with the multiplayer, the standalone game for uh, control, and then that crossfire story. Crossfire. Da, 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 da. There's a, there was a game in the '90s, like a board game called Crossfire. That's what it reminded me of. Crossfire. Wasn't it more like Pogs? You remember it? Yeah, yeah kind of like that. Uh, let's see. I was look, I was looking up for an example if I could get one for. Um, ah, I can't find one for like Last of Us Two, but like I don't think it even made like I don't think it's even sold ten million. Pretty sure it hasn't. So yeah, ten million is actually a lot for a game. Um, most of them don't pass like five, so that's pretty impressive. Nice. I really need to play Control. That's like the next game I have uh, queued up on my. Actually, I already ha- I. Yeah, I gotta get that upgrade because. Actually, no, I don't have it downloaded yet, but I will because I do have it like for free on the for the PlayStation Plus one of the months. Okay, cool. Um, Where's... I don't know what else much more to say about this. Six games seems like a lot. It sounds like, yeah, you you elaborated that it's not like they're developing six games entirely on their own, right? They have, like, this uh, deal with Epic Games to, like, kind of do some other stuff. And then they're not full games, right? Like, the, like a multiplayer mode doesn't sound like it's, like, a full budget, big budget, like, storyline kind of thing. So, I imagine... Nah, that just sounds like an extension. Too. Yeah, it sounds like kind of like an add-on. Yeah. Not saying it's not going to be great. I'm just saying, like, it sounds like it doesn't require it like, as um, many resources. Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Yeah. That's what it sounds like, kind of on the side. Uh, that's I'm surprised that like, they're doing so well, cause like I I think the last thing they did before Control was what like Alan Wake like years ago, or did they have something else between then and then? It was Alan. Oh no! Didn't they do like that weird one for Xbox, that exclusive one, the Quantum whatever thing? Quantum Break. There you go. Okay, so it seems like they finally got success finally with Control. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that. John. I think you you're more vocal about it than I No, am. I just... I hope this is one of the studios that Sony has in mind to purchase. Ooh, that's... I doubt that. I think they're... Aren't they... Like, they're really closely, like, tied with Xbox, aren't they? They have, like, deep Microsoft ties. That seems like they're, they got their hands in two plots right now. Well, because Alan Wake, I'm saying... Cause remember you asked me if Alan Wake was, like, a Microsoft uh, exclusive IP? I'm like, I think it is. Yeah, but then there was a Quantum Break, and I don't think that was... A- much of a success that was the one on that Xbox. was like with like the TV show, right? Like it was tied with a TV show or something. I think it had something to do with time. Yeah. Interesting. Um, like I mean, good for them. Time. We kind of just added this at the last second as like an extra thing to talk about because Johnny's a huge control fan. So other than that, uh, yeah, I don't really have much more to say. Congratulations, Remedy, I guess, and hope to hopefully. I look forward to finding out the hype behind Control. So I'm gonna play that this weekend. But now, moving on to our next segment, Johnny. Let's talk about what we have played instead of what we're going to play. Johnny, what have you played this past weekend? Or this past week, I should say. I'm sorry. Well, mine's quick. I finally beat uh, Miles Morales. Awesome. Uh, Pretty good story. Gameplay, of course, is amazing. Some of the best gameplay in... Super fluid, right? fucking gaming history, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I beat it. The story is good. The story is... Probably on par with a uh, Spider-Man. The, what is it? Two thousand eighteen Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty eighteen. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel like it ends a little bit too soon. Uh, you don't get enough powers by the end of the game, so you still have to spend a lot of time in, in the Spider-Man world to, to access those powers and those little, uh, like the little spider bot and the clones. Yeah, there's a, li a little bit too long. A little more padding, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really didn't have that issue, though. Wait, does Miles Morales have a difficulty setting or no? I don't remember. I don't think it does, right? Because I'm trying to think, like, did I play it on an easier? Because I know you automatically go for the hardest one, so I'm like, is that why Johnny had to, like, pad out the hours? Because he went on the hardest difficulty? But, I don't, yeah, I don't think there is a difficulty setting. So no, I wish it was a little more based on the story and not necessarily so tied up with the XP because you got to get a ton of XP to unlock all this right. stuff. Uh, you got to like defeat bases and stuff for criminals. Yeah, there's a ton of variation for the crimes that, that you have to stop. It's it's pretty similar to the 2018 Spider-Man. Yeah, but I, I wish I wish the powers had a little bit more to do with them. Um, with the story so by the time you get to a certain storyline it just almost gives you the power you know right the the power to to unlock something new were you more invested in this story than you were for the original spider-man one or no i felt like this story was like better told like miles morales's story is condensed and like you don't there's not as much filler because it's shorter like the stuff with his uncle and like for all, tell me, how badass was like that Prowler fight? The Prowler was cool. It's probably the, the best fight in the game. Right? Probably. I love I love that fight. That fight was so much fun. Like how he kind of, you have to like instantly like adapt like all your, like, your abilities to like counter him and stuff. Like you only have like a small window of time to like hurt him. Yeah, there's also the section with Rhino when you go through like the mall. And there's a ton the of The second time, right? Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't care I, that one for that one. I'm not sure if it's. A better story is just that Spider-Man story. We've heard it so many times, you know. True. So we've heard it a ton of times, and it was more fragmented too. There was like other there's stuff with Aunt May. There's stuff with uh, what's it called? What's the center he works for? Like the Harp or what's it? No, it's not Harp. Um, oh, eats, that eats. Was yeah, it called? the part where he's helping out the homeless. Yeah. Yeah, that part. And I then really the stuff like, with Doc Ock. That really slows down the game. Yeah, and the stuff so, with Doc Ock. So he's kind of more. There's more going on for Peter Parker than there is for like Miles. Miles is just like. Him dealing with the Tinkerer, basically. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you say it's a better story, but maybe because uh, Spider-Man original was such a beefy game that the pacing is different, you know? Yeah, things are further spread out. Yeah, so... And it's also a game that was previous to this one, so we kind of tend to forget. I feel, yeah, I feel like the Peter Parker one, like, a lot of the time when you don't know what's going on, you have to wait for that phone call to kind of advance the story. Uh -huh. And with Miles Morales, like, everything kind of just naturally led to the next thing. And the tight, the storytelling is a little tighter. I think that's what it is. Yeah, but well, with Peter Parker, you can go straight to the story if you want to. But there's so much shit to do. You get caught up in doing. You're right. I was thinking about the side stuff, like the stuff with like the the things you do for like Harry, right? The little rooftop stuff, the mm -hmm. the labs and stuff. Also, I got the DLC, which I don't know if you've played, but the DLC is pretty pretty dope. With uh, Black Cat and Black Cat is an I, amazing. DLC. I didn't play the DLC honestly. I don't know. I haven't played it. Although, I, you know what it is? I think what I like well, about Well, I the, have the DLC if you want to download it. The Prowler fight reminds me a lot of the Taskmaster fight, which I enjoyed in the original Spider-Man. Yeah, they're pretty similar. Taskmaster I think that's why I enjoy it. Because those are my two... From each of those games, those are my two favorite boss battles. But what about when you're fighting, like, in the sky with the Hawk and the... When you're yeah you're, oh with vulture yes that oh was a that's great, a good one you're right you're because right. you're in the air for like the longest time dude that one is fun that's you're what, alternating between him and shocker yeah that's, uh, uh, electro I mean yeah. yeah that's the part where you're you're 
you're slinging with Spider-Man and you're like, oh, fuck, I really got this down because I'm in the air this entire time. Exactly. Because you have to fight in the air. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that's when you really feel like Spider-Man because you're like, damn, I don't need to hit the ground at all. Right. Yeah. You're just swinging around because like, I don't think you can really. I mean, you can land, but I think like you leave yourself vulnerable if you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the stuff with like the Tinker? Like, did the motivations like make sense for? I forget the girl's name, but so it's basically he finds out it's his friend, right? The chick. Uh, I like this interpretation of the Tinker because the actual true Tinker from the comics is like an old man who's like not that interesting. So I like the story. I just feel it was a little bit too predictable towards the end because she's destroying the city, right? And Spider Man's telling her, "You're gonna fuck everything up, right?" Right. And then not until she sees a blast. Is she like, oh, damn, I fucked it all up, right? Well, because it's she didn't believe... Too... Yeah, she, like there was like a lot of like plot, circumstantial stuff that makes Peter seem... I mean, I'm sorry. Makes Miles seem like he's not on her side or like... Uh, like, like. Well, there's the only part where he lied to get into her circle. Right. That's like... But that's like a huge breach of trust. So she's like, even though we understand as the player, like why he had to lie, for her, it's kind of like, wow, he betrayed my trust. Like, I can't like trust you like that. And like, that's why like... A, I think it's a little bit much when she's like, the next time I ki- I see you, like I'm probably gonna like, kill you or something like well, that. Well, it's like, I was like it was either trust Peter Parker, or Miles. yeah, or trust that the guy that you fucking hate about this corporation didn't fuck with the bomb, you know? Right. Because he modified the bomb. So right. are you not gonna trust Peter Parker and just listen Miles. to him? Miles. Uh, so, and then so she finally realizes, oh, I fucked up, and then. Uh, that I, that the I don't want to say anymore because after that it's just a spoiler. But you kind of know that at some point she's gonna realize her her fault in this whole situation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not a spoiler. Uh, but the ending where you actually do get the spoiler is pretty sentimental, right? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. So the story was good. It was. What do you think about like the side activities which are different for Miles where he has to do like that thing with his uncle where he's like scanning the area for to like beats from the environment? Did you do any of those or no? For beats? I don't think I did that one. Remember it's part of the story like where you meet up with Uncle Aaron and like it's right before he tells you you find out that he like kind of like sets you up. He does this thing where you guys go to the docks uh-huh. and then he has to like scan the environment to like oh, pick up on... Oh, that scan part. I didn't like that scanning part. Yeah. That was annoying. Once I figured out what was going on, I liked it. At first, I was like, this is like slowing down the game. Like, this isn't fun. But as a side acti- as an introduction to the side activities, like where you can do that from then on, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this is cool. I did like one more of those. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I get the gist of it. I don't have to do the rest of them. There's a, a few more like minor sequences that really kind of adds to the gameplay. Like, you know, with Peter Parker... You're in the city and there's a crime and there's a like a car chase, right? So yeah. you get on the car and you pound on the car. That's all cool. Yeah, you then, have to stop the car from the with the brakes and like was, yeah. Yeah, and the whole cinematic sequence. Yeah, the switching great. between the angles and stuff. Yeah. But then in Miles, uh, there's a crime sequence where you actually have to jump into a helicopter. Remember that part? Early, yeah, early on, yeah, right? Yeah, that was yeah. really cool how they switched it all up. Uh huh. But now you get like the the view of the city and you're up there and you have to know how to web sling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're doing a lot more like uh towards towards the end there's a giant battle and you're doing more of like swinging from building to building. You know? Yeah, when you have to open the shutters, right? Yeah. You have to like turn off all the generators that are like, scattered everywhere. Yeah, that that was really impressive too with the puzzles. Now you got this like shocker ability mm-hmm. and you're doing all these little puzzles where you have to connect power sources. Did you do, did that you was really fun. Did you abuse the invisibility like I did or no? No. Nah. I love using the visibility because no. it makes like the stealth takedown so much easier. 
Well, I... I or you try to take out everybody without alerting them? I had it activated to where I got caught. It just switches it automatically. Yeah, it turns off. I had yeah. that thing, but I didn't rely on it like, hey, this is the plan, and I'm relying on the cloaking. I didn't do that. Uh, when I play my games, there's two things I don't really like doing in games. I don't like like a racing game. I don't like using the brakes. I just fucking go head on. With the e-brake, right? Yes. Okay. No, I like the e-brake. I just don't like... Straight up, just regular brake. Uh, if I'm drifting, all that, I I do it. But I don't like braking, and I don't like using the blocking mechanism in a lot of games. Oh, that's why you don't like Dark Souls, because you get to learn how to parry. Yeah, I fucking hate. No, parrying is okay, but blocking specifically. Oh. Uh, like, uh, parrying is just a shorter block. Well, God of War, I have to rely on parrying. I won't survive without a parry. But that is blocking. It's just a shorter amount of time. It's a smaller window. I was at the same like blocking is like I'm using my sword and I'm blocking and then parrying is I'm getting the fuck out the way no that's dodging parrying is like where you bl- you deflect the attack to like expose them for uh, you know you're right you're right because in God of War when you parry you it's like you, you intercept a, the attack with, yes and then it does like this su- like quick slow motion event where you can like attack yeah, yeah. also with uh, Star Wars I Par- yeah I, I told you, like, hey, Andrew. If you time it, you do the parry. It's yeah, just I told you, blocking. hey, these are my tips. Master, you have to master blocking. And, yeah, and... I did. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> guarding is parrying. It's just longer. <laughs> and you're not rewarded for guarding as much as you are rewarded for parrying. So. All right. Okay. What do you think about the two factions, though? Like, it, the game, basically, Miles Morales basically boils down to the people in purple and the people in red. Those are like your two main factions for enemies. And they both have like the exact same. Like they both have like the quick units. They both have like the heavy units with the weapons. They both have like it's like kind of like a copy and paste. Like you're playing you're fighting the same groups of people, but you're just different colored. I think I had a oh, this one's really tough because with Peter Parker, you have what is the shadow thing? Uh yeah, the Mr. Negative's crew. I forget their names. The, yeah, Negative's uh, crew. It's like They're, the Oni looking, the the Oni ones with the mask and everything. Yeah. Okay, I think what it is, uh, the gameplay. I think the Shadow Crew. Kind of cool. cheesy with their costumes, but I get it. They're cooler. I think they're cooler. They have like the business suits and like the demon mask. Like that's cool. That's a cool like look. Yeah, the the new ones in Miles Morales. I didn't it's like. Their it's aesthetic. the Rock Song guys in red. The Rock Songs and in, the Tinkers group in purple. The Tinker, the Tinkers. Their mm. aesthetic just didn't go. It looked like kind of like cyberpunkish is what like, they were going for, and they, yeah, but they got the heavy like Tron. They have a Tron. Like, but their gameplay aesthetic. is fun because now they could chase you with their with their levitating boots, their jump uh, boots. They could chase you fucking. Like, they have when, that sword that turns into like a whip kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was dope. I like that design. Like the portion when you're in a uh, Kingpin's uh, like little museum thing, mm-hmm. and he's got all his statues, and you're like in that little. Warehouse oh, that thing. massive room, yes. right? Where you, you well, can take them out. Statues, yeah. Yeah, you need to clear that the room. That place is really fun. Yeah. Uh, so I think game... I spent, I spent a lot of time in that room because I remember I kept messing up like my approach where I wanted to take out everybody without them like alerted, mm-hmm. and I kept messing up and like they, I just didn't want to do the fights. So I kept restarting because I didn't want to fight them. I just wanted to take them out. But then you find like right, you find like that switch right in the statue of Kingpin or whatever to like get to the next area or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like Miles Morales is like such a fun game. I love like the everything with the with the drama with the mo- his mom running for mayor, the drama with you and your his friend that's you know secretly the Tinkerer, the stuff going on with Uncle Aaron. I feel like story wise, it's stronger 
than what Peter was going through. Although I would say the Peter Parker one has the advantage of being a longer game, so there's like way more like boss battles. There's way more stuff exposition. to do. Yeah, there's more exposition. There's more stuff to do. I just feel like I feel like Miles Morales is a perfect example of like not every game needs to like draw out. Like just give us like the the high notes and like kind of leave out the filler. Yeah, but the game also costs less, right? The game does cost less. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, like it was obviously intended to be a much smaller game. Would you say? Would you say it's par for the? It's like on par for like what uh, Uncharted Legacy is to the main Uncharted series, where it's like, does Uncharted Legacy do the same thing? Because he says it's a shorter game, but do they only have like only the high moments with none of like the low moments? Uh, it's not really apples to apples. It's not like a tighter experience, like oh, like less padding, less like oh like platforming or like. Well, that's the thing. Uh, Miles Morales and Spider Man they are pretty high octane like the story itself is pretty high octane mm-hmm. uh, so when you're web slinging you're trying to catch criminals uh you're fucking with the tinker or your uncle all that stuff is high octane and then when you play uncharted there's a lot of like look into the vista and just enjoy the aesthetics of everything right or you're doing parkour and you're climbing this giant statue and it's very uh serene um meditation like and then you have your high octane, high octane moments. I so, think. Well, I think New York City does have that though. Like where you can like, I know it has like a photo mode. Like there's like times where I pause the game. Where, like, like just the way like Miles is like in the air. Like it looks cool in that moment. So like I like you know let me go into photo mode or like there is like nice sunsets and like it's scenic and beautiful in an urban sense of the word. Right? There's like murals and like there's a lot more like not natural beauty but that man-made beauty going on. Yeah, but it's it's that's why I'm saying is like not the same. Like when you look at Uncharted, you're looking at these statues in this jungle, and you get this majestic feeling. And Miles Morales, you're just looking at fucking concrete, action within concrete. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Like it's more like natural, like discovery that feeling in Uncharted, right? Like, yeah, there's a more sense mystique, of more yeah, than, a sense yeah. of the unknown. Where in Miles Morales is like, look at this mural or at this pose kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Okay, I get what you're saying. Totally different gameplay. Okay. What else did you play, Johnny? Anything else besides that? Or no, I think I tried. Uh... <sighs> nah, that that was last time when I tried a uh, Need for Speed. I wasn't content with it. Okay. Since the last time we recorded, I've played about four new games. Two I've actually beat. The other two I'm still playing right now. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about those until I finish them like by next week. So I started. No, I had, I was like a quarter of the way through a, a Plague Tale. Mm-hmm. last week and now i finished i finished the game this past weekend uh a plague tale innocence there's a second one coming uh requiem a plague tale requiem comes out later this year innocence i finally beat it um i have mixed feelings about the game because and it's not even like the game's fault i guess it is kind of in a is way is it a budget thing no it's not a budget thing all right it's uh so the game so plague tale innocence i can kind of sum it up i can sum it up as you play as this girl named uh, Amicia. That's her name. She, it's, you're, it's like in the French countryside. And you have your son. Your, not your son, I'm sorry. Your younger brother, Hugo. And you both come from like this like this nobility family, right? It takes place during the Hundred Years' War, which is like a war between England and France. And also during the time, there's like a surprise, a plague <laughs> in, the t- in the game's title, right? There's a massive plague infestation of rats that carry like the bubonic plague, right? Yeah. 
And so the game kind of starts off where you're, it teaches you that, you know, there's a thing where it's like, oh, like, let's see you hit that apple or whatever with your sling. I was like, you know, like the training, right? The tutorial yeah. getting you used to the controls and stuff. And the game kind of starts off with that and you end up, uh, the English, it's an like English or like, no, I'm sorry. The French Inquisition arrives and they basically kind of like it's not a spoiler because like in the first 20 minutes of the game but they kill your family basically Mm -hmm. and you have to get your brother somewhere uh to safety you run away from your estate because they attack your estate and you get lost and you're trying to your brother has like a medical issue hugo has like some kind of medical issue that it's like somewhat related to the plague like he doesn't have the plague but it's kind of taught like the, the plague arriving is no coincidence with your brother's condition kind of thing and so, anyways, the story gets really kind of out there. I think the story is probably the weakest part of the game, honestly. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. delve too much into it. Because a lot of stuff still doesn't make sense to me even after finishing the game. Anyways, the the main thing about Play, uh, Plague Tale, the main important thing, or the, the crux, is the, the gameplay. The gameplay is very much stealth-oriented. Am- Amicia doesn't have weapons in the traditional sense. Like, there's no swords or whatever. Your only weapon you have is, like, a sling that throws rocks. And so you use the sling both as a weapon for offensive purposes, but also as like defensive where like you use it to like distract them, right? Like kind of like throw a rock at this metal thing to get the guard's attention so he leaves his post and you can like sneak by. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Resident Evil 4 where you have like this like um, you have the what's it called? Where you have to like the NPC, you have to like protect them kind of thing going on. Okay. Like kind of like there's a word for them, not escort. Is it escort? Sounds right. Yeah, okay, it is an escort uh, mechanic where Hugo can, like, he can crawl into, like, really small places that Misita can't fit into. Yeah. But he's, like, completely defenseless and helpless. And then sometimes he'll have, like, headaches and stuff where, like, he'll just, like, freeze up because he has headaches. And you have to kind of, like, go, like, soothe him or, like, carry him and stuff. The main villain, or not, I'm sorry, the main villain, but the main enemies of the games aren't even the Inquisition. It's actually the rats in the game. Mm-hmm. There are rats everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the rats, they will consume anything. They consume anything and everything. Like, there's, like, parts where you go in the game where, like, there's literally, like, just skeletons on the floor because the rats have already consumed the flesh. And so the rats, the game's a little, like, supernatural. Like, the rats will literally, like, burst out of the ground. Like, like, you'll hear, like, a rumbling. And then they'll burst out, like, almost like like a, like, kind of, like, imagine, like, an oil, like, well. Bits of rats, made of rats, Johnny. Uh, I was going to bring that up. It feels like that it looked a little bit too supernatural because it was it's it very supernatural like it takes a lot of yes it takes a lot of like creative freedoms All right so like these this rat infestation the rats don't get close to the light yeah. so there's a lot of the time when you're like traveling and going through like levels because the game is divided like into like chapters right mm-hmm. there's like 15 or 16 chapters in the game when you're going through the chapters or whatever uh sometimes there's like an obstacle course where like you have to be creative with like oh there's like a sea of rats how to get through and it's like okay the rats are afraid of light so if you have like a torch or any source of heat like the rats like they back away they don't get near it so a lot of the mechanics uh involve you trying to create like permanent sources of heat because mm-hmm. sometimes you'll get like a stick and you'll light it but like it's like you can see it burning down and by the time it reaches Amicia's fingers, it like burns her, she lets go, and then like if you're not in a safe place by then, then the rats consume you and you die. So there's you ha- the game gives you like tools, right? You can you, you learn how to develop like materials. You know how La- The Last of Us has like you find like junk and then you can use the chunk to like upgrade or make shivs and stuff? Mm-hmm. 
in a plague tale you find like uh rope and rocks and uh sulfur and you can make different things like you can make this thing you can make like a chemical that like repels rats you can also make a chemical that attracts rats so like let's say you want to get across a certain area but the rats are too like scattered around if you make this thing i forget what it's called there's like it's like a weird like latin name but you can make like this item that if you throw the item, all the rats in your vicinity rush to that thing. And like they swarm it for like a couple of seconds, giving you enough time to pass by. There's an alternative where like you can make this thing where it's basically like a Molotov, where you toss it and any rats in that vicinity are instantly killed. And there's another thing where you can develop kind of like a, uh, we call it like ether, where you can like knock out guards from behind. But it's like very resource intensive to make. So it's a. Uh... Chloroform? What is it called? Yeah, chloroform, kind of, like that. Yeah. But, like, oh, but it's very resource-intensive to use, so you're discouraged from using it. Like, you're only supposed to use it, like, sparingly. Mm -hmm. Because it takes, like, a lot of your... You have to kind of, like, allocate your resources, because you all the things, like, you use to make, um, like, the the chloroform or, like, the thing to, like, scattered rats or whatever, you use those same ingredients to make, like, upgrades for your equipment, which are, like, your sling... Uh, like your boots and stuff like everything like upgrade wise involves you using the material it's kind of like in The Last of Us right mm-hmm. if you make a shiv you have less resources to make like you know healing items or whatever right yeah so it's the same same principle applies and it makes sense too because this game reminds me a lot of The Last of Us where like Amicia, uh, Amicia is like Joel and Hugo's like Ellie where like your companions on this trip on this journey and then like there's like not sure of your end goal. Your end goal, your objective is constantly changing. We're like, okay, we're trying to get him to safety. And it's like, okay, safety's not enough. We need to get him to like this expert who can like cure his disease. And it's like, okay, that person, like, I'm not going to spoil it, but like your objective keeps, like, the goalpost keeps changing, right? Yeah. Like, then there's no, like, from start to finish, like, one goal in mind. It just keeps changing. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, even the developers mentioned, like, that, that they were heavily influenced by The Last of Us. And the game kind of really reminds me of that, where like the rats are kind of like the clickers, right? Where if you come in contact with the clickers, you instantly die, right? The they just immediately go for the neck, right? You're not encouraged to fight them. Mm-hmm. You're always supposed to be sneaking around. So the rats are either your out. You can use them like cleverly, like as a like you can like redirect the rats with certain items to like attack the soldiers to buy you time, or you can like use them as. Um, there's like one instance I remember where you use the rats to actually solve a puzzle where you like throw things where they have to go and consume certain things. Anyways, the main mechanic, I mean the main, the crux of the gameplay is avoiding the rats, surviving and avoiding the rats, creating light sources of light so you can get through areas. It's almost more platforming than it is like straight up combat because Amelia, Amicia is a, she's like a 14 year old girl and yeah. she doesn't have combat experience. So we have a sling that you can like hit people with. If you hit them in the head with a rock and like their head's not covered in armor, like you kill them because it's you're throwing a freaking like rock at them with force. But like if they get if they touch you or they get up to you, like that's it. There's no like counter like you just die. Hmm. They just they, they they beat you with the palm of the sword and then they stab you like that's it. So it's kind of like the clickers always go for your throat. Like if they grab you, like there's no escaping basically. Okay. So it's not like a combat intensive game. It's mostly like puzzle slash platforming. Uh, like I said, stealth is a main is your your main weapon. Uh, there's no like boss battles. There's like one or two, <coughs> and most of the time you're like using you're using the environment to do the fighting for you. If that makes sense. 
kind of like oh like this enemy's too big oh if you can get them under the chandelier you can like knock the chandelier with a rock and the chandelier will like hurt them or whatever okay i love that kind of stuff like environmental yeah you can't it's not so much directly as fighting because you're not you're, you're fighting like armored enemies and you're just like a regular 14 year old teen so you it's not a fair fight <laughs> you have to like be clever and like use your like environment and stuff uh the thing i really praise about this game though is the voice acting is like phenomenal it is really really good like amicia amicia's character like she talks like she has like the French accent in her, and I think she's like a British uh, voice actor. Then how's the facial capture? The facial capture is good. The game looks gorgeous, Johnny. On PS5 at least, I don't know about PS4, but on PS5 the game looks like beautiful. Like the environments, like when you're like in the outside, like in the forest, or like fully, or wherever there's like a lot of like foliage or just uh, like landscapes, it looks mm -hmm. gorgeous. It looks beautiful. When you're in the towns and the cities. Not so much because you can see like the textures where the bricks are like kind of you can tell it's just like a texture, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's not like individual bricks or whatever kind of thing. In the town and like the, the game has like a very ugly kind of gray uh, gradient. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but like it reflects the at the mood because it's during like the, the the dark times, like the plague and stuff and the Hundred Years War. It's not a vibrant, cheery game at all. It's like very much like Last of Us, where it's just grimy and like ugly and like gritty you know what i'm saying that's the aesthetic for the game so it's kind of i only played it in small bits because playing it like all at once like it felt too depressing i'm like ah, like i don't like i don't vibe with the aesthetic but i understand why it has to be that way if you know what i'm saying yeah i don't feel like that's always necessary what part well the, where the color pattern just seems like the same gritty like browns grays. and grays and yeah. stuff yeah. all that drab shit to kind of reflect the mood so to speak right and so the thing is when I finally finished the game I was like I never want to see another rat for like a long time again cause there was just so many rats there's like swarms and swarms of rats and like I'm not I don't know if you remember this Johnny like when we were younger like we had like a in our old house like there was like a rat on the loose do you remember that? no when you it was one of the times you slept over and we had there was like a we had like we had remember we had put like mouse traps throughout the house. What it was around Christmas time the the two story one the one we lived in you know, Cliff Rose. All right. Anyways, ever since that encounter, I've been kind of like scared of like rats, and this game has nothing but pure rats everywhere. Even like the last boss battle, the last part of the game involves like like thousands of rats, and it's just like I can't I don't want to see another rat for as long as I live. And that sucks because the sequel comes out at the end of this year. But I'm not going to play it anytime soon. But anyways, A Plague Tale, uh, in a sense, it's very stealthy. Um, don't go in there. Don't go into expecting a great story. What you will have, though, is clever gameplay, uh, great sound design, great voice acting. The voice acting, like, from the main two characters, the leads. Mm -hmm. They're basically your, your Joel and your Ellie. Very, very good. Facial capture is great. Everything about the characters themselves is great. But the story and the motivations is kind of just blah. So gameplay, voice acting, the music is good. It's all right. Nothing memorable, but it's never like... It always fits the tone. And there's this thing, though, whenever there's like a lot of rats, the music changes. And it's like a very high-pitched like violin. Like, ding, uh, ding, uh, ding, ding, ding. You know what I'm talking about? Like American Psycho. Is it American Psycho with a knife? Um, it's it's just called American Psycho, I think. It's just called Psycho. Uh, yeah. But with that, like where there's rats, you get like the like the the, the like the heart or the strings, you know the mm -hmm. what's that sound? You know what I'm talking about, right? Kind of like the like that feeling of like like things crawling around you, kind of thing, like the keys on a piano. Yeah, Not, it feels like there's spiders on you. Yeah, like the yeah. like that kind of sound. Like whenever there's rats, you'll hear that. So that's like the tone. Like uh oh, like something's coming. 
So, anyways, I loved it. Uh, that's not true. I didn't love it. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it's kind of depressing and not for everybody. But if you, if what I said sells you on it, then that's great. If not, then you don't have to play it. The other game I played, and uh, we kind of already talked about this, Johnny, earlier, is Star Wars. Yeah, we finally get to... Jedi Fallen Order. Well, hold up. The, a tiny footnote, and then we'll get into that, because you mentioned sequels and uh, some games that are depressing. There's finally a fucking sequel for uh, Frostpunk. I just had to bring that up, because I want everybody to buy this fucking game. But there's finally a sequel. Announced. Yes. Uh, it's just uh, like a cinematic trailer, but... You guys need to check that fucking game out. Anyway, Star Wars. Uh, you finally beat Star Wars. Uh, do you feel mixed about it? Did you get what uh, you were expecting? I I didn't realize like starting the game how exactly like how much of the D, of like the Dark Souls DNA was in that game mm-hmm. until I started it. I was like, oh shoot, okay, so this is just like Dark Souls. We're just doing the thing where like you accumulate experience and stuff. And then if you die, you lose that experience until you go back to the same place. Well, you gotta hit the same character. Yeah, and then it does a thing too where like if you heal yourself, it resets all the enemies just like in Dark Souls. I like the mechanic though. Yeah, because it makes it easy to grind experience. But also it's kind of annoying if you just dealt with like a really annoying enemy and it's like, oh crap, like all the enemies are back in the same area again. That's not really an issue until like much later in the game where like there's like storm freaking the secure the stormtroopers with the batons everywhere and then that becomes annoying. Or the purge troopers, the ones with the gray armor, that's when they come in. Yeah, the purple like yeah, light yeah, weapons. Those are tough, yeah. Uh, I like this era of Star Wars, where it's between like the prequels and the and the original trilogy. Like mm-hmm. anything that involves between Re- Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is like that's like my favorite time period for Star Wars. So like with the like, Jedi orders like barely gone, and like the Empire's kind of on the up uphill kind of swing upswing. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Uh. Cal Kestis, really dope character. I like Cal. Cal's cool. Uh, I didn't really care much for the side characters, though. They were kind of like whatever. Like, Reese, what's the name of the guy who pilots the ship? The alien with the four arms? The guy in the beginning? Oh, the little dude. Yeah. Yeah, with the beard and everything. I thought he was cool. Uh, I thought they were kind of like 2D, one note, like whatever. Like, okay, like, we get it. He's like the crabby guy. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, he's a grumpy guy, but he's also the guy, like, looking at you like a little Padawan, and he's like, man, don't worry about this and that. Like, he's just chill. He's trying to be like a, a Yeah, I guess I just didn't... Father figure too. There wasn't that much... I guess because of the nature of the game, the, how the gameplay focuses on, like, you know, going from planet to planet, which is like a staple of Star Wars games. You always go planet to planet. Like, it's, But you're okay with the back and forth? I told you, like, hey, don't worry about if you can't get to a location... You get yeah. it later with the a game power. naturally kind of if you keep checking your map the game naturally tells you where you need to go next yeah and then if there's like something you can't do like it, uh, something story wise will happen to indicate like you need to leave yeah. so that's I it's never sort of yeah I never felt frustrated because I mean there's like certain things where I'm like I can't reach that thing yet yeah like and would... I just naturally realize like okay I'm not meant to get to there yet yeah like uh, there'd be a chest on this location and I'm like hmm I could only do this with a double jump. And sure enough, I got that shit later. Yeah. Like, or, like, the boxes were, like, oh, you need, like, something, some kind of component to open those. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have that yet. I'm like, okay. The one thing that the game doesn't do a good job of telling you is, like, that you get those upgrades at the benches. And so, or sometimes I would just skip the benches because I thought they were only for up- mm. doing lightsaber stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I would skip the benches. I'm like, oh, I don't need anything for my lightsaber. 
and then, like I would get lost. So like, what am I supposed to do next? And then I would go back to the lightsaber thing. Like, oh, this is okay. Now the droid can do a new thing. Now I thought the droid was awesome. Like his aesthetic and all those. Stuff B, uh, was do. it BD one or whatever? I BD1? thought it was BD one. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like the droid. For a character that doesn't actually say anything, it has a lot of character. Yeah, like he, he's still adorable. He still does interesting stuff. His animation is cool. I feel like there should have been more to the bench, like more things that you collect so you can upgrade them. I like I like the level of lightsaber customization that we had because you can like change the pommel, change the handle, change the emitter, change the. I didn't like how I couldn't change the colors to like way later on, but that's like that's not a big issue. Yeah, all of a sudden gives you a ton of colors. You have like two or three for the main game, and then all of a sudden you have like seven or eight. Like oh shoot, towards the last yeah uh, planet or something. Like but that. I liked I liked. The combat is solid. Yeah. The combat is really good. The parrying, the blocking, the dodging. Also with the saber in combat and customization, you get to split your sword or you get to have like a double saber. Yeah, it's not till later. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) That's really cool. Early on, you get the double lightsaber, which is good. I think you get that like in the first world or something. No, no, no. When you get to uh, the second one where you're like at the airport where you land, the green one. Mm -hmm. The one with the ice and green. I forget what it's called. With the AT? Not Ze- not Zepha. That's the first one. The... Yeah, it's not uh... Yeah, when you fight the ATST. Not Kashyyyk. It's not the Wookiee one. It's the other one. The not Dathomir either. That's the red one. It's the other one. The the one. I hate Dathomir, dude. Dathomir, I only hated when you were forced to go to the bottom with the the uh, the city or whatever the town. I hated that part. Okay. There is parts of this game where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, and there's parts of the game where I'm like, all right, like, finally, let's go. I kept looking for, like, those boss battles. I was waiting to fight the second and the ninth sister. Like, I was like, like when do I get to fight them? Mm-hmm. And then when you finally get to fight, like, the, the second sister, who, you, like, you fight multiple times. She's, like, the reoccurring character or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever you get to fight her, it's like, it's like, all right. Like, this is what I was looking forward to. Like, a good, like, old-fashioned lightsaber battle. Like, those battles were fun. Those battles were amazing. Yeah. The little boss battles were cool. But it, it kind of sucks that I wish I got more of the sister stuff. I wish I got buildup of that, right? Right. So when I get the sister on, it's just like, oh, it's you. We're in a fucking battle. Okay, that's okay. But I wish I would have got more from other sisters to just like give me a hint of what their power is. You know, like maybe I see them on the other side of the wall where I can't get to them, and she's just tearing up fucking people. You know? Right. And I'm like, Damn, I gotta deal with that. Well, they don't really have to do that because everyone's your enemy. They're not like their enemies. Like aside from like, oh, well, she's got to deal with the resistance. Oh, okay. Just You're to give right. me a hint of like, fuck, I don't want to go. Well, you kind of get a hint of that when you arrive the second time you go to Kashyyyk, you see all the dead bodies of the resistance soldiers everywhere. Yeah, kind of. I, and I you wanted do that... more of that. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, the set pieces are really cool, though. Like when you climb the ATAT in the swamps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With off, off the, like the, the vines and stuff yeah. that's attached to the it. The parkour in this game is pretty good. It's not too repetitive. Oh, the wall running? Wall running's cool. I think the. Stuff I didn't really care for was, um, for some reason, I had issues with the rope swinging mechanics. I can bit. I could never really get. I mean, I, if I had I had to like run at it straight for it to like work properly. If I went at it sideways, I had to like kind of reposition myself or whatever. And then I okay, I think there's more areas of the game that I hated and actually liked. Like Dathomir, the lower parts, I hated the Kashyyyk part. We had to climb the tree. That to me was so monotonous and like boring it was okay uh i think those are the two main parts i disliked about the game oh also the when you're on the planet we had to get the crystal for your lightsaber elam 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 whatever it's called the snow one Mm -hmm. i didn't like i didn't like oh you know what it was 
that when you get to the first major temple on Zephyl or whatever it's called, we had to like move the sphere, the the big balls. Yeah. I could not for the longest time. I could not figure out how to get the fire thing on the other side of the waterfall thing. You know, we had to like there's like a chain you have to like. Break. That got me too. That was the worst one. That took me so long. I, was, I ran around the map so many fucking times, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. And then. I was like, there's something I'm to missing do with fire here. Yes. and gravity, uh-huh. but I don't know what the fuck exactly. it is. Exactly. And it's so obvious. It, it's one of those moments where I'm like... Like, oh, I, I forgot about that one mechanic thing. No, no, it's yeah. not that I forgot. Oh. It's just like, I know what I have to do. I know it's this mechanic with this mechanic, but why can't I figure this shit out? Yeah. And it was it was one of those moments where I'm like, I'm going to fucking hate myself when I figure this out because it's going to be so easy. Yeah. And she, yeah, sure enough, it was. And, I mean, we'll fucking tell you because you're probably gonna get stuck in it it's too it's a stupid magnet so there's, you have to use the magnets well there's the big block that you have to pull you have to pull the block and then activate the magnet and then you get to uh, you get to the other side well how did you get the fire cause I went to the top I pulled the fire and then I threw it at the magnet but did you get the same fire from the location I got it from there was a specific one I wanted to do and the game would not let me do it mm-hmm. like I, the water not because of the well, the chain would be somewhere else. The the part that you're supposed to burn. Yeah. Okay, so there's like a hallway. Okay, you know how you say you have to pull that block, right? Yeah. Behind that block, there's like a little up. It's like a hallway, right? There's a hallway area. Yes. Where you see one of the droid things. Yeah, where you see it's like this little creature that runs out and you can like yes, kill it, yeah. whatever. Above that hall, there's like a wall that I kept missing that I know was climbable because like my camera, oh. my camera was never pointed in that direction for some reason. Until I eventually figured out, oh, you can climb that. I'm like, how do you get to that second floor? There's no stairway. Uh, and then eventually I find, oh, there's like a climbable wall that my camera just never pointed at. I didn't know was there. Uh, On that second floor, there's like a wall where they had like the little fire things. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to grab one of these, take it back down the hallway, and I'm going to be right there where the chain is. But whenever I would take that hallway, the chain, the part I can burn was like up or down, not exactly where I left it. I'm like, why does it keep changing each time I come back? I'm like, okay. The game has some kind of way of changing it, so like you're not meant to do it that way. That's interesting because I I found that wall, but it seems like your sequence changed up a little bit. Yeah, like the game is knows that I got it, and like oh like, like oh like you're not supposed to do it that way, so we're gonna make it so it's not doable that way. Something. Mm. Eventually, I remembered the magnet wall that you have to like keep activating, mm-hmm. and I eventually got the in that same room of the central chamber. There's like the wall of all the fire ones. Yes. And I would like throw the round, it the round wall. Yeah. All right. And I would keep throwing it at the at the at the thing, but the water would put it out. I'm like, what the hell? And so I'm like, maybe if I walk with it, because the top has like a metal part. I'm like, maybe if I walk through with the metal part, like it won't hit it. It'll go around the fire. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, that doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know how much time passed. I think I spent like about I spent part of one night and part of the next morning figuring it out. Where I'm like, oh. I'm not supposed to, like, because I'm like, can I carry it with me? But as soon as you fall down, you let go of the thing automatically. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to? And I was like, oh, the magnet wall holds the the fire thing. Yeah, it's like like, so obvious. And I'm like, can I throw it that far? Like, would it work? And so, like, from where I was, I just did a force push. And I was like, shh, like, that's it. That's the thing. Like, the magnet is pretty far from... (laughs) Very far. It's on the other side of the room. It's a big room. from the magnet. So you'd expect, like, that's a pretty far distance to take this shit. Yeah. Uh, So so there's two things that kind of help you out with figuring all this stuff. One is the map. You got to check their map often because it'll tell you, hey, there's a vine right here. Or there's, like, an orange-red section that means you haven't explored it yet. Yes. 
So yeah. so there's that thing you have to keep an eye on. And the other thing is, like, where there's enemies. Where that giant magnet is, is where there, one of those droids are. And the droid is telling you, like, we don't want you here. Like, you, the droid is, is what is he? he? He looks like a samurai kind of, right? Oh, you're talking about the, t- the Guardians one, the yeah, gold the ones. Guardian with, is, like, the little removable blue thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so where you fight a lot of enemies, a lot of times you just fight them. But a lot of the enemies are telling you, like, this is, we're protecting this area for a reason, you know? Right. So, I knew I had to kill him before I, I could continue with the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So I'd kill him over and over and over, and sometimes I die in a stupid way, and everybody spawns back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck, man, I gotta, I can't do this puzzle without killing everybody again." All right, Johnny. The last boss battle. Yeah. The final boss battle. Anticlimactic or exactly what you wanted it to be? Basically, okay, it's it's Trilla, well, it's Trilla again. The last time, though, you fight her. Right, if I had the, oh, when yeah, you're above yeah. the lava in that torture area, mm-hmm. what'd you think about that? Because that was, oh my god, that was such a hard boss battle. She kept doing those flashbangs, short little flashbangs. You're asking me if if the payoff was. Is that what you wanted from like? Okay, not just combat wise, but also like, is that what you wanted the the story final boss to be? Because like spoilers, yes. spoilers. Uh, that's a big spoiler. Okay, there's another big baddie who you don't really get to truly have like a real okay, fight. Well, first I gotta talk about that. I'm not going to talk about the spoiler, but I'm going to talk about, sort of. The last battle. So once I beat her, and I get the spoiler, that's when I really felt, like, emotion in the game. I felt like... I saw this, and I was like, oh my god, I don't want to do this. Like, you hear... Well, okay, I can't say what you hear, because that gives it away, but it's like, is that... Okay, hold on. You're like, wait, is that who I... Like, oh, snap! You already gave it away. No, Uh no, I did it. Okay, hold up, hold up. This is like, we're already hitting towards the end of the podcast... Yeah. So, I'm gonna actually wrap it up pretty soon. But go, keep going. Yeah. After this, uh, I guess we're doing the pitch. Ah, uh, we're not gonna have time. time for the pitch. No. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So this is the end of the podcast. We're gonna go ahead and give you the spoiler for the last portion of this. And three. Okay. Three. Two. Two. One. The final boss you face pretty much ends up getting killed by Darth Vader. Yeah. Darth Vader shows up. He's pissed off that the second sister that he, you know has failed him. He kills her, and what commences ends up being like probably like one of the most badass fights of the whole game that you can't actually truly win. Well, I love this part, dude, because because you're fighting her, and then she has like a change of heart, but yeah. Vader, she doesn't know Vader is right there. I, and then she, I imagine she's she like, must sense him at least because she starts crying because she knows what's about to happen. But she wouldn't have like told you what she she's said. like avenge us, and then yeah. bam, yeah, because she like says something, and then. Vader pops up and it's kind of like, oh fuck! Like you defected and then she, at the like, wrong time. Like real quick, she's like Avengers, and then and then Vader is like on your ass, and uh, you know you what's get- weird though? It's like this Vader felt so different than like the Vader from the movies. Where like this Vader feels like omnipotent. Like, he seems fucking. He's like super OP. OP. Yeah, yeah. Or like nothing like, you do, like he like like okay, he's already like immune to your force attacks or whatever. But like nothing you do, like he just like easily bats it. A, like he's not even trying. It looks like no, not at all, dude. Like he's picking up the grates from the ground, all the pathways, all this shit is floating and you're jumping on it. That is like cool part where like, he picks you up by the neck and then you have to like use like the force to pull like something from behind him to kind of like like you know to distract him or yeah, to hurt him. Yeah, yeah. And like without looking, like he just like blocks it. He interferes it. It's like oh shit! Like he knows every. Like he's just. And it's like it's like just run like you're not meant to you're not meant to win you're meant to just like run away from him and it, it feels great because you're just a fucking padawan and you right. like don't know anything about Vader you know like you're you're sort of mentor what's your name uh, from the spaceship 
What's, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, oh, she's an ex-Jedi. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she kind of has to tell you, like, she's like, oh, run. Like, she's like, oh there's a, there's a, she's like, oh, there's, like, one, she's like, oh, like, uh, there's this one guy or whatever, like, he's, like, like not even, like, human or whatever she says. Mm-hmm. Like, early on in the game, like, like I, I guess she probably doesn't know that's Anakin, maybe, or maybe they don't know him as Anakin. They just see him as, like, this imposing No, nah, she must know. Cause because they never call him, they never say Darth Vader, they never call him by name in, in the game. They just say, oh, it's, like, this one guy who's, like, way too dangerous or too strong or something. Okay, maybe maybe they don't know who Zanakin, but they know who Vader is. It's right. Not, it's not just some guy that pops up. And The thing is, like, they, they talk about in uh, some of the, like, I guess the Codex. Uh-huh. They talk about Vader, but they say very few people escape him. Yeah, that was, I saw that the bio yeah. entry is, like, like very few people have lived, the t- have lived to tell the tale about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, So, if you died, you know how powerful he is. And if you escaped... It's because you weren't shit, you know. You, yeah, you weren't shit, like you or ran, like, or you period. were like he got distracted by something else or something. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I could understand if maybe they don't know who Anakin is. And it's Which is cool because, like, as somebody, as you know, as us, someone who we've known about Darth Vader for pretty much like all of our lives, right? For like, you know, he's older, like for the last four or whatever decades, you know, Star Wars and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. to be reintroduced Dar- to Darth Vader through the lens of Cal Kestis, like through the lens of this kid, this little kid, is like. Oh, that's right. Like he is the chosen one. He Darth Vader is like he's like damaged and stuff, but he's still freaking Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like this dude is still a formidable, dangerous like entity. Yeah. And to see like how he just like effort like when you fight other lightsaber wielders in the game, it's like much more like kind of like oh like you know you you're not sure you have the upper hand or not. Like it's like an equal like d- display of force right on both sides. Mm-hmm. When you swing at Darth Vader, he just like bats you like you ain't shit. Basically, he just like deflects or well, you whatever. Can't get close to him. You can't really like beat him, right? You can't. You're not meant, you're like he has no health bar. You're not supposed to beat him, right? It's just kind of like a mini like quick time event until it's time for you to run. Basically, mm-hmm. like he chokes you and does like all the stuff, and it's like he gets distracted because you know uh, what's her name? She the, your mentor finally like you know interferes, buying you time or whatever. And then like it looks like he kills her too. Like he throws her off and like oh shit, like she died. And then, you know, she comes back at the end. And then Darth, you only escape because Darth Vader's, like, occupied with the water, closing in on everybody. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, Vader that... is in an underground va- base mm-hmm. trying to stave off all the water that's about. He's to holding back, base. like, an entire, like, massive tunnel of water. And, like, somehow you escape through the water. That part, that sequence confused me. Well, you had a breather. Yeah, but I'm like, wait, are we, like, how are we going against the flow of the water coming in? I was confused. Like, are we strong enough uh, to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's one of those moments where, like, I, I got a little too into my head thinking about the, like, logistics, and I was yeah, like, okay, yeah. whatever. But, uh, anyways, game, um, I played it, uh, on the normal setting, which is Jedi Knight, I think, setting, mm-hmm. which is, like, the default mode. And I was like, Johnny. You always play on the hardest difficulty, and from the start of the game, there's like four difficulties. Did you go for the highest one? I went for the highest one initially, until <laughs> no, no, I went to the highest shit initially, mm-hmm. and I beat all my games initially. But, but I don't know. Like I got to the point where it was just fucking tedious. Like when your enemies respawn again, and I'm like, I just want to get through these fucking enemies. And That's I why I was playing down. the game. I was like, there's no. I was like. Johnny must be has like the patience of a saint to get through this game on the hardest difficulty. No, because I was beating the bosses in the in the hardest difficulty because they're actually fun. Yeah, they feel good yeah. when you when you like parry or you time something like it feels very rewarding. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. It feels rewarding. But then when you're in the game and you you fucking obliterated everybody, 
and then you die with some dumb shit, and you're in the hardest mode, and they respawn again. And I'm like, come on, no. So what did you put on? Get... Second hardest? No, I put it in the hardest shit. I I don't know how PlayStation handled it. I put it in the hardest shit. You can change the difficulty at any time. Yeah, but is it gonna give you the plot the award for that? Okay, on PS5, I don't know about PS4. There is no trophy tied to difficulty. Huh, okay, so it didn't matter what I said it to. No, I mean trophy wise, no, it didn't matter. Yeah. I've... Also, how cool was that one boss battle against the guy with the two lightsabers, the the dark side guy on Dathomir? That battle, that fight, that was one of my favorite ones. The old looking dude, he has like no shirt. He has like the lightsabers right here. Well, he was a Jedi, and then he was, but... and then he got stranded and. He's like one he, of those, yeah. He couldn't take it, so he kind of like fell into the dark side. Yeah, that boss battle was cool. I like that one. Yeah, it was pretty dope. He keeps like throwing like the big rocks at you and stuff, and like the combat, and then you get a little help from the night sister. Like that was that was a fun. Uh, when you play all the the bosses, they all change in their technique. Like that guy, that's one of the guys that's constantly on your ass. He's always following you. Yeah. And some of he the was other, more aggressive. Yeah. Some of the other ones were just kind of uh, like throwing Deflecting. the saber at you. Oh, they okay. stay. They keep yeah. your distance. Mm-hmm. So, man, yeah, I do like this game. I like the direction that EA is going into. Obviously, there's going to be a sequel because of the way the game ends. Uh-huh. Kind of like a somewhat... If the ending kind of left me with a bitter taste where like I felt like that was all for nothing with the, in terms of like the Holocron stuff. Like, like really? Like, we started this mission and now it's like, okay, forget it. Because you kind of just abandoned like, what you've been doing the whole time, basically. Well, you're going to put your Jedi Force together. You're going to get... You got the names of the kids. No. You destroy the Holocron. Remember? He's like, no. like des- He's like, oh, the destiny is not going to be determined by us. It's going to be determined by the Force. So he basically, like, destroys, like, the registry of the kids. So they wouldn't have the registry without him. So right. But at the end, they, he had to destroy it anyways. Yeah. All right. Uh, those are the only two games that I actually completed this past week. I've been playing... Uh, there's another two games, but we'll talk about that next time because I'm running short... And my girlfriend's going to be mad because I'm going to be late for our date. So, uh, Johnny, any last parting words before we leave? We're skipping the pitch today, guys. I'm sorry. It's just, uh, there's no time. There's no time. Johnny, any last words before I end the recording? Take care, guys. All right, guys. We'll make up for it next time. Maybe we'll do, no, we're not going to do two pitches. That's too many. Maybe we will. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, we appreciate the support we've gotten so far. Uh, take care, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.